Hallelujah. I thank you for taking the time to tune in this afternoon so that we can share the word of God together. Um, such a lovely day, a beautiful day, and um, I am delighted that together we can hear what the Lord has to say to you and I. And um, wherever you're tuning from, I want to say to you that thank you because you are so precious. And also I want to say to you that um, send the invite to others, um, share the link with others, so that together we can hear what the Father has for you and I. And um, God is so amazing, He's so awesome, He's so wonderful, He's the reason that you and I have life. And what a blessed song that we were listening to, um, which is speaking about the ability of God that you are handing over everything to Him. You are handing over the battle to him. You are handing over the war to him. You are handing over the challenges to him. You are trusting him that God is going to take charge. Um, I was so privileged indeed in the course of the week that um, a woman of God was ministering on a message about um, leaving everything in the hands of God, that the battle needs to be his. And indeed, that's what we have to do. So this afternoon, I am here to share on a message on a title, Breaking Protocol. Hallelujah. Breaking protocol. Um, this is a message that the Lord has placed upon my heart, my spirit, and um, I could not wait for today so that I could share it uh, to you um, just to understand what it is that God is referring to when he says breaking protocol. Praise the Lord. Now, um, let me just define the word protocol before we pray, all right? So, protocol is an official procedure or system of rules or processes governing a state. And this state can refer to a government, a church, a marriage, a family, different sectors of um, a nation, as well as the life of individuals, all right? So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you and I bless you for this wonderful time that you have given us, my God. I thank you for, Lord, you continuously speak to your children, my Father. 
And now, my Lord, as you are communicating on this message of breaking protocol, I ask that Spirit of God, may you minister to each and everyone that is listening in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that may you open our spiritual understanding so that every word that is going to be uttered, let it bring life in the name of Jesus. Father, I come against any force, any power, any spirit, any authority that might try to disturb this, O Lord. I pray that may your name, O Father, be exalted and lifted above all other names. Angels of God, I send and deploy you in different directions in all the homes, the places where your people are listening, that allow no destruction. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so um, the first uh, Sunday that I ministered in the year 2021, I spoke on a message on a title, I Am Now Ready. And the following session, we spoke about Jesus Christ forever. And today, we are speaking about breaking protocol. And if you look at the way that the Lord is communicating, there is a link in all those messages. So I want you to pay attention, get hold of your writing pad, your tablet, your cell phone, whatever you can use to write, because there are some important things that I would like you and I to take note of in this session. Hallelujah. Now, listen, everything about God and his kingdom is all about breaking protocol. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Everything about God and his kingdom is all about breaking protocol. When you look at the Old Testament, it is filled with the processes and procedures that people had to follow to attain salvation, to attain um, forgiveness of sin, and uh, just in terms of blessings or in terms of ceremonies. There is a lot of ceremonial events from the Old Testament. But God is about breaking protocols. Hallelujah. That even though people can try to confine his ability, even if people can try to define exactly how he operates, God always surprises people. That's why we are saying he's about breaking protocol. What the world can put as a protocol, as a process with regards to how things are supposed to happen, when it comes to our God, he breaks that. Hallelujah. When the medical doctors issue a report, According to their processes, their tests, and everything that they have done to say you have got X amount of days, months, weeks, uh, years to live, God breaks that in healing a person permanently. When there is a curse, a generational curse that has been operational for many years in a particular family, when it comes to God, he is able to break that curse, he is able to cut that and then allow freedom that people are free from generational curses. Why? He breaks protocols for your sake. Hallelujah. Now, look at this. The New Testament then. When you go into the New Testament and you look at the birth of Jesus Christ, it is about breaking protocol. Hallelujah. Because the norm is to say that a man and a woman has to come together in order for them to have a child. However, when you look at how Jesus Christ was conceived, the word of God let us, lets us know that it is by the Spirit of God. That Mary became pregnant before she knew the husband, Joseph. Hallelujah. So their protocol was broken, that everyone was surprised, including Joseph. And that's the reason why he was planning to put away the wife, to you know, leave the wife, because he was saying, this is abnormal. 
This has nothing to do with the way things are meant to happen. But we are talking about God that breaks protocol. Hallelujah. So he broke protocol and brought about the birth of a king in a way that no one expected. Praise the Lord. And when you continue to study the New Testament, you will discover that the miracles that Jesus Christ was performing, the life itself of Jesus, the disciples, the, the miracles that the disciples were performing, it was all about breaking protocol. Hallelujah. I mean, think about it. You are speaking of a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, went to different doctors, physicians. She spent all the money that she had according to the word of God. But the Bible says she made up her mind to only touch the hem of the cloth or the, the garment of the, the, that the Lord Jesus was wearing. And just by doing that, the Bible says the condition was restored, breaking protocol. Praise the Lord. So, you speak of creation. Hallelujah. Creation in itself. If you go back in the book of Genesis and you study the way God created the heavens and the earth and everything within the earth, there is a breaking protocol there. Why? Because God was just speaking a word. And everything was coming into existence. He was just saying a word and things were happening, breaking protocol. You look at the creation of man in verse 26 of the same Genesis chapter 1, you will see and find that it is about breaking protocol because God just speaks a word and says, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and that is done. You go to chapter 2, you find that God takes further the dust and forms man, breathes into him, he becomes a living being, breaking protocol. God just does the things that will surprise the mind of a human being. Why? He breaks a protocol because he is above everything. There is nothing that can keep him from doing what he wants to do. Hallelujah. There is no judge, no lawyer that can hold him accountable to say, listen, you cannot do ABC or you are not allowed. He is God. He does what he pleases when he pleases and how he pleases. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to, you know, where you are, to join me and preach with me, teach with me. If you can, uh, say whatever it is that you are feeling in your spirit so that we can communicate together. Praise the Lord. And you, you look at King David. Hallelujah. So we are just looking at a few elements of breaking protocol. David was a king. And as a king, the Bible says he was coming from um, one conquest where he had achieved greatness and while in the presence of his subjects, his people, including his wife, as a king, the protocol was that he was not meant to do what was done by the ordinary people. This meaning his way of dancing or celebrating, he had to celebrate as a king and keep his emotions in a check. But the word of God lets us know that David danced so much to a point where the king said, but you are a key, uh, the queen, the wife said, you are a king. How can you dance like that? He broke protocol. Why? For the sake of Jehovah. Hallelujah. And when you see the way David defeated Goliath, it is breaking protocol. Hallelujah. Nobody would expect that a young man, a young boy with a slingshot and a stone could defeat someone of the stature of Goliath, a man that was born of war, a man whom his entire life he was accustomed to fighting, and yet he got defeated by a boy with a slingshot and a stone who was younger than him. Why? Breaking protocol. Praise the Lord. If you look at um, the way Jacob wrestled with an angel of the Lord, Think about that. Wrestling with an angel of the Lord all night, 
to a point where the angel had to say, leave me because the day breaks. It is now daytime. People are going to see. And the man was refusing. He was breaking protocol that regardless of you being the angel of the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. What happened afterwards? His name was changed and he became blessed. Why? He broke protocol. Hallelujah. So today I want to say to you that in your life, you have to understand that for things to change, for things to happen of the nature of the spirit, you have to break protocol. Hallelujah. If the norm says that in order for things to change for you, you need to wait for fasting to be announced by your pastor or a church. Today, you need to rise and say, listen, situation, I am going to start to fast. I am going to pray because I am tired of the situation. Break the protocol. If the protocol says that perhaps you should only join a couple of individuals or servants of God to pray, then that's the only time you pray. You need to break that protocol and find time where you yourself are engaging in spiritual warfare and pray. Praise the Lord. All right. So I want us to look at the book of Second Kings. All right. So let's open our Bibles from the book of Second Kings. Um, I want chapter 7. However, let's quickly go in chapter 6 of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6, because I would like to give you just a brief background of what is happening in chapter 7. All right. So in order for you to understand correctly or properly what is happening in chapter 7, there is a need just to look at a few elements from chapter 6 of 2 Kings. All right, so let me read the second Kings chapter six. I want to focus on, um, we can start verse number eight. Verse eight of second Kings reads, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be such and such a place. Verse nine, and the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Verse 10, then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Verse 11, Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Verse 12. And one of the servants said, None, my lord or king, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So listen, take a moment. What the word of God is saying is there was the Syrians who were about to wage war with the children of God. And what happened is that they surrounded them, you know, they planned to say, listen, we are going to go to battle, but we want um, someone that can tell us what God is saying about the situation. And the Bible says that one of the people came and said to the king, listen, there is a certain man of God who in the king's bedroom goes, uh, in fact, no, there is a certain servant of God who tells the enemy of what the king is doing even in his bedroom, in his secret place. Hallelujah. Pay attention. I'll show you where we're going. And when you jump to verse 17, the word of God says, uh, in fact, verse number 15, and when the servant of the man of God arose early, 
and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Remember, we are speaking about the war. And he servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So this is the servant of Elisha, the servant of God. And the Bible says that they step out, they look, and they see a large crowd of soldiers, of chariots. And the servant is crying out to say, what are we going to do? We are in trouble. And verse number 16, the word of God says, So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Breaking protocol. Hallelujah. Because the norm here is, you can imagine, in the physical realm, the servant is indeed correct. Because he's seeing so many people, he's seeing so many chariots, so many soldiers, and he's crying out to say, we need help, my Lord. How are we going to make it? How are we going to survive? Praise the Lord. But something happens because Elisha says, listen, the ones who are for us and with us are more than the enemy. This is breaking protocol. The reason being, if you were to look in the physical and what was happening at the time, it would not make sense to tell someone that the ones who are with us are more than the enemy. Why? Because physically they could not see the soldiers or the people who were on their side. Hallelujah. But Elisha understood the principle of breaking a protocol. That if you can speak things that you have not yet seen, if you can speak things out of your faith, if you can speak things from a point of trusting God, then all things are possible. Praise the Lord. This is why Christ had to say that nothing shall be impossible to anyone who believes God. Hallelujah. You break protocol when you trust Jehovah. You break protocol when you believe in God. You break protocol when you rely on his word. You break protocol when you walk not by sight. This is why the word of God says we walk not by sight, but by faith. Why? That is breaking protocol. Hallelujah. One important ingredient of breaking protocol is walking and operating by faith. Hallelujah. And the word of God says from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, that now faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen. Why? Because when you are operating under faith, you are a man, you are a woman, you are a boy, you are a girl who breaks protocols. You are a boy, you are a girl, you are a man, a woman that cannot be stopped or confined by the issues or the regulations of the things around you. Praise the Lord. When the governments are saying there is a recession, there is poverty, you can rise and stand and say, I refuse that in the name of Jesus. You break protocol. When people or the situations around your marriage or your family seem like there is no hope, you stand and you say, I refuse it. I reject it in the name of Jesus. Why? You are breaking protocol. When it seems like in your workplace you are going to be retrenched or you are going to lose your job or there is no hope, you rise and you speak and say that I refuse. I speak life in this job. I speak promotion in this job. Why? You are breaking protocol. You are refusing to go by what you are seeing and what you are hearing. A protocol breaker. Praise the Lord. You become a protocol breaker. You are not defined by what is happening around you, but rather you go by what the word of God speaks. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to go to chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. The reason why we read chapter 6, I needed you to understand first that there was a conflict, there was an issue in the city. 
And this is what led uh, or, or what uh, the, the point from chapter 7, all right? So chapter 7, let's look at verse number 1. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. I'm reading the message translation. I'm falling in love with the message translation of the Bible because uh, the words, you know, the language, it is so sweet. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. The word of God reads, Elisha said, listen, God's word. The famine's over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful, a handful of meal for a shekel, two handful of grain for a shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. Hallelujah. Verse number two. The attendant on whom the king leaned for support said to the holy man, you expect us to believe that? Trap doors opening in the sky, and the food tumbling out, you, are, you will watch with your eyes. Now, this is uh, uh, Elisha responding. So, you, you have got the servant to the king. Hallelujah. And what is happening is, Elisha is saying to him that by this time next year, something remarkable is going to happen. Even though there is a drought, even though there is uh, no food in the land, but by this time, by the word of God, something is going to change. Food is going to be plentiful in the land. Hallelujah. And this man who was a servant to the king responds and says, that is impossible. Are you saying that there is going to be trapdoors in the sky that will open and food is going to flow? You are out of your mind. And listen to the response of the servant of God. He says, you will watch it with your eyes, but you will not eat so much as a mouthful. Verse number three. This is now where it is getting interesting. Verse number three. It happened that four lepers were sitting just outside the city gate. They said to one another, what are we doing sitting here at death's door? Hallelujah. Four lepers. Now, during this time, what was happening is a leprosy was a condition that was affecting the skin. And there were different um, types of leprosy. There were some, such as the one that Naaman had, which they were still allowed to be with people. But this case or this type of leprosy was so severe that the, the people who had the leprosy had to be casted out. They had to be kicked out from society. So these are the four men here in the word of God that the Bible is saying they were kicked out from society. And they were out at the gate. Hallelujah. So they are saying to each other, Ah, shall we sit here while we are waiting to die? If we enter the famine-struck city, we'll die. Now remember, I'm saying in the city there was famine, there was hunger. Praise the Lord. And these men have got a condition that is leprosy. Now, something that came into my spirit earlier today was that the people, these four men who had leprosy, were kicked out by their own to die. How do I know? No one was bringing them food while they were out of the city. That's why they were saying to themselves that, are we going to sit here until we die? Because there was no provision. They could not go back to the city. They were not wanted. There was no food provided for them. There was no hope, just a matter of waiting for them to die. So they are saying, are we going to sit here and wait until we die? So let's take our chances in the camp of Aram or Syrians and throw ourselves on their mercy. If they receive us, we will live. If they kill us, we'll die. Hallelujah. Now, when you want to break protocol in your life, you have to reach a point where you say enough is enough.
Hallelujah. If you want to break a protocol, if you want to change a situation in your life, in your family, in your job, your business, your marriage, you have to reach a point where you say enough is enough. Something needs to change. Hallelujah. Because if you continue to entertain the situation, if you continue to entertain the poverty or the negativeness of the state that you're in, chances are you cannot move from there. You become so comfortable in your poverty, so comfortable in your problem, in your challenge that you do not move. But you have to stand and say, enough is enough. God, I need something to change. Hallelujah. Now you read verse number five. The, the Bible says, so after the sun went down, they got up and went to the camp of Aram or the Syrians. When they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, no man was in the camp. The master had made, now listen, the word of God said the master, hallelujah, the master, the Lord, the Lord himself had caused the, the, the king, the, the army to hear noises of chariots, to hear noises of soldiers, sounds of soldiers. And then what happened? They left everything. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And when you read on, the Bible says that these four men went to the camp of the Syrians who were the enemy, and they found all the good that they wanted. They found food, they found gold, they found silver, they found everything that a man can want. Hallelujah. And it was just the four of them because there was no one. They went on and said, listen, it is not good that we do this on our own. We have to remember our people. Hallelujah. So I want to say to you that when you are breaking protocols in your life, when you are redefining situations over your life, do not forget your family. Do not forget your friends. Do not forget your neighbors. But make sure that in your process of stopping things that are negative, bad over your life, involve others. This is why Moses would always pray for the children of Israel, irrespective of the fact that they would want to stone him, they would be against him. But when he would go in the presence of God, the Bible says he would plead on their behalf. He would say, Lord, what will people say if you kill them now in the wilderness? People will say that you took them from Egypt to destroy them. But God, do something. Hallelujah. Do something. Forgive them so that people must know that indeed you are a caring God. And the Bible says that God indeed would change from that position of destroying them to forgiving them. Hallelujah. So I want to say to you today that you need to stand and break the things in your life that have been negative. You need to stand, rise, and stop the things that you are not comfortable with over your life. You need to rise and introduce Jesus in every situation. You need to rise and introduce the word of God in every negativity. Praise the Lord. Now... Uh, what you do is I would urge you, encourage you to read chapter 7 of Second Kings. Read the entire chapter. Praise the Lord because I would not want to um, hold you for a long time here. Um, I am aware that um, the issues of data are not cheap um, and that is true. So it's only fair that we also need to be considerate of the time. So I'm, I'm urging you that go read chapter 6 of Second Kings. And you read chapter 7 as well, all of it, and you're going to understand exactly what happened. But in, in a nutshell, in the end, exactly what Elisha had spoken about everything being cheap in the land, it came about. And then the servant to the king who was speaking against what God was saying, he was killed because he, ne he never indeed partook what was happening, just as the servant of God had said. So I want to say to you that um, do not stop speaking positive. Praise the Lord. Now, breaking protocol needs faith 
coupled with action. Now, I would like you to write that down. It's very important. Let me repeat. Breaking protocol needs faith coupled with action. The important word there is coupling, coupled. Now, if you are speaking of coupling, you have got gear A and gear B. If the gears are not coupled, what will happen is if gear A is trying to rotate, it is going to be sleeping. It cannot cause gear B to rotate. Hallelujah. It takes the two gears to be coupled, to be joined together, so that when gear A is rotating, it can cause gear B to rotate with it. Hallelujah. So when it comes to the issue of breaking protocol, in order for you and I to break protocols, we need to make sure that our faith is coupled with action. Remember the Bible says from the book of James that faith without works or action is dead. Hallelujah. So this subject on breaking protocols is not one just to go around and shouting, but it is one that requires action. It is an action-oriented message. Praise the Lord. It requires me to stand and say that, yes, I want to break uh, a protocol of poverty in my family or in my life, but it will not happen if I'm just sitting. I need to work hard. I need to, 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 to invest. I need to venture into business. I need to sit ideas, sit down, think, ask people, you know, how can I make it? How, what, what can I do? And then when you're adding your faith to that, your prayers to that, there is movement. Praise the Lord. Let me say this. The challenge that we have with believers is that believers are under the assumption that just because we pray, we believe, we fast, we go to church, then everything is going to work out. But I want to say to you that that is not true. Yes, you can pray, you can fast, you can go to church, you can uh, do all the things that the Word of God says you must do. But if you are going to be idle, if you are going to remain in your house, if you are going to be lazy, then guaranteed at your workplace you are going to get fired. Praise the Lord. Faith will not save you from laziness. No. We have to speak the truth to one another. For faith to be effective, we have to be hard workers. We have to know that there is an expectation and also room for us to play our role, to play our part. Praise the Lord. For me, in my marriage, I cannot expect things to work out if I am not doing my part. I, as a husband, I have got a role to play in the marriage. I cannot just say I am praying, I am trusting God, things will change. No, I have to be good toward my wife. I have to love her. I have to provide for her. I have to make sure that she is secure, you know, the home and everything is in order. Then the faith that I am having that everything will improve, it begins to work. In your business, you are, you are striving, you are aspiring to do business. I want to say to you that yes, pray, trust God, have faith, but also work hard. Do not be lazy. You cannot break protocols if you are lazy. You have to understand that there is a need for you to rise up and do something. Hallelujah. For students, those, I mean, we've, we have heard in South Africa that the metric results for the IBM, which is the um, private sector independent uh, body, have received their results. And the pass rate is around 98%. 
that is the case because I believe people had to work. The students had to study. If you go ask them, I'm not sure if you're going to find anyone that will say, no, I just said I had faith and then I passed. But they had to study. They had to read. They had to you know, watch sessions, maybe speak, interact with others, and then go write the exam in order for them to pass. So what am I saying? You have to couple your faith with action in order for you to break protocols. Praise the Lord. Now, um, I'm cautious of time, and I want us to quickly go to the book of Mark, and then um, I'll finish. The book of Mark, chapter 1. All right, let's open our Bibles from the book of Mark, chapter 1. I'll read verses 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he had come back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room for them, even outside of the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, they brought him to where Jesus was. Um, in fact, they wanted to bring him to where Jesus was, but they could not. That's verse number four. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. What did they do? They broke protocol. Hallelujah. So I am saying to you that in order for things to change, you have to break the protocol. Listen, the protocol here was that Christ was inside the house. And according to people, what needed to happen was for either people to make room for these four friends to bring their sick friend to where Jesus was. Hallelujah. That was the protocol. Or number two, perhaps they had to wait for Jesus to finish. And then after finishing, there would be enough room or space for him to attend to their sick friend. But these friends broke protocol with their faith. Hallelujah. Now understand that they broke protocol with their faith. You do not break protocol without your faith. I want you to understand. In order for you to change things over your life, your faith needs to be attached. So the Bible says these four men, when they saw the situation was impossible for them to get their friend to where Christ was, they went on the roof of the building, of the house where Christ was, breaking protocol. And they began to remove the tiling on the roof. And what did they do thereafter? They lowered their friend on the sick bed to exactly where Jesus was. And when you read on, you find that the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, Hallelujah. This is great. Now, the word of God says when Jesus saw their faith. He does not say that Christ saw the faith of the sick man. He does not say that Christ was compassionate or he felt sorry for the sick man. No. The Bible says Jesus, what he saw the faith of the friends. And what did he say? Now, look, let me show you something. Um... Verse number four, they couldn't bring him to where Jesus was because of the crowd, so they dug a hole on the roof above his head. They lowered the man on his mat to where Christ was. Verse number five, seeing their faith. I want you to pay attention to verse number five. It says, seeing their faith. Hallelujah. After seeing their faith, what happened? The Bible says, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. So it took the faith coupled with the breaking of the protocol, which was for them to rise and lower the man from the roof for Jesus to speak a word. Hallelujah. Wherever you're watching from, I would like to encourage you that right now, there are so many things going on. 
And make no mistake, it did not only start now in 2021. I believe even for generations that have passed, there were issues that were tough, situations or circumstances that were difficult. But it took men and women who had to rise and stand, break protocol and trust God that things can change for things to get better. So it is one thing for us to go around and complain about COVID-19 or whatever is happening around us, but that is not going to change anything. Hallelujah. What will change is when you and I have reached a point of saying we want to change something. We need to reach a point where we are saying enough is enough with my family, maybe with my job, maybe with my business, maybe with my ministry, my church. I am not happy with the fact that maybe we are no longer gathering, but you cannot fight individuals. The Bible says that we do not war, wage war against flesh and blood as children of God. That's not our battle. Our war is against the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. This according to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Now, the war, the battle, the fight that we have is of the spirit. So we need to be spiritually inclined, spiritually sensitive to get into the spirit and begin to pray. And as we are doing that, we've got the faith. And in that, we need to be breaking protocol by mentioning and saying things, declaring things. Thereafter, I trust and believe that God is going to change things in our life. Now, listen, I want to finish now. The problem with the protocol in a believer, listen carefully, the problem with the protocol in a believer is that they lead to religious beliefs and behaviors. I need you to pay attention and listen to me carefully. I am saying the challenge that protocol brings in believers is that it brings about religiousness of which if you read the word of God in the New Testament according to the message, the gospel of the Lord Jesus, we are no longer meant to be religious. That's what the Pharisees were doing. That's why Christ would always speak with them and say, listen, you go around and you preach in markets on top of your voices that everyone should, should hear you. You go around and telling people you are blessed, you are that, you, you know, you judge people. Remember the story of the two men, one that was a Pharisee and the other one that was a sinner, the word of God says. That the Bible says the Pharisee began to pray and in his prayer he was boasting, speaking about all the things that he does. And on top of that, he even said he was better than the person because the person next to him was a sinner. And the Bible says Christ spoke out and said, the one who was called a sinner went home justified. Why? Because he humbled himself. The Bible says he could not even look up. He just beat his chest with his head facing down and said, Lord, forgive me a sinner. What am I saying? You need to understand that it is not a game of pointing fingers at others. It is rather one where we have to hold hands and stick together, pray together, encourage one another. And in so doing, you find that these religious beliefs are going to go out. We are going to be a church that indeed practices love according to the book of Acts. Because when you read the book of Acts, you learn that the early church, the apostles, the believers, they were indeed the ideal church. The way, they were, the way they were behaving, the way they were loving one another, the way they were encouraging one another, the respect, the love, was indeed a reflection of Christ. 
That's what we need to do today in order for us to break protocols. Hallelujah. So to effectively break protocols, just write this down and then we pray. Let's write this down together and then we pray. To effectively break protocols in your life, the following is needed. Number one, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. This is from the book of Romans chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. The second point, have faith. This is from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The third point, study the word of God. This is from the book of Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. The fourth point is pray. This is from the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And the last point is act. Do something. And this is from the book of James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. You have that? Excellent. Now, I want to pray with you. All right? I want to speak a blessing. I want to um, pray so that God can activate the attitude of a protocol breaker in you. So that God can give you the authority once more. Now remember, you do not actually need the authority now because it is not new. From the book of Genesis, the Bible says God spoke and said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, be in control, be in charge. You have the authority. Then Jesus in the New Testament said that I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. So this power, there is nothing new about it. Hallelujah. I am not praying for something that is new. All of this you have already and you know already. But I am just praying that God must reactivate that thing inside of you to understand that you are a woman of power. You are a man of power. Hallelujah. All right. Wherever you are, um, if you can, you can kneel down. If you can, raise your hands. If you can, whatever it is that you want to do, um, I want us to pray together. Let's just close our eyes and pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I come before you, your son, Tadala. This is the word that you gave me to speak and share with your people on breaking protocol. I have done my part in delivering exactly what you have given me, my Father. And I pray that, Lord God, give your people the grace that they should understand that they already have the ability, the authority, and the power to change things in their life. I pray that God let them stand today and say enough is enough. It is time for a change. Father, I pray that whatever, Lord, was making them to get tired, whatever was bringing pain over their life, Lord, whatever was bringing discomfort in their family, in their marriage, their business, their jobs, I pray today, Lord, that let them be set free in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare that what I am saying is not new because it is in your word, where you said you have given them authority, you have given them ability, you have given them power. Therefore, I declare that God, let them exercise that authority today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, may your name be exalted and glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you have got any specific prayers that you would like me to be praying with you or to pray with you, um, you can send me messages and I'm going to stand with you and pray with you. If there is um, maybe areas that you need counseling in, you need someone, you know, a servant of God to stand with you, then also reach out and let me know that we can stand and pray together. Um, I thank you so much for your time. It has been a privilege and an honor 
that you would offer, you know, you would spare your time just so you could listen to what God had this um, afternoon. God bless you and thank you. Um, have a lovely day and enjoy. Bye-bye.